How to Win the Lottery Unadaptable Module, Episode 12, Night Bitch by Rachel Yoder. I am Joey Lewandowski. I am Tulsa, Tulsa, Tulsa. This is new ground for the podcast. This is, we've, we've already covered this book. Uh, like, gonna have to give me more than that. You did a book fuck, book fuck explosion about oh, this. Oh, no kidding. Did I mm-hmm. really? I, don't, I didn't listen to it because I didn't want to get spoiled by wow. it, but yeah. I, I, wow, okay. So that's. So there's the Patreon, patreon.com slash how to win the lottery, lottery, lottery pod, probably. Yeah. Don't go there either way. It's not worth it. But. Unbelievable. You did. I, totally I don't remember if this one that you recorded and sent to me, or if I interviewed about interviewed you about this. But as you were reading this, or right after you had finished reading uh-huh. it, you spoke about this and enjoying this book. Interesting. I wonder. I wonder how different my my words will be about it this time than it was, than it was that time. Um, when reading it, I felt. Okay, so here's something that is a little bit unique about this book. Okay. I feel way less qualified to talk about this. Like, I feel like of all of the books that we've read so far, this book is the book that I most feel like no one should give a shit about my opinion on, which is strange, but I I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know if this is problematic or not problematic. Um, I feel like I know less and can comment less on motherhood than I can on any of the other Things that are disassociated from my own personal identity that we've discussed. So, well, like, far. Duck's Newberry part was all about motherhood. Kind, yeah, right. But it wasn't okay. So, so this is about, uh, like the the changing body, sure, of of motherhood. The way that the way that uh, a um, giving birth does violence to your sure, to, yeah, to yeah, your yeah. body, and and uh, does violence to your emotional well being. Um, and and this is stuff that I, you know, as someone who lives among and has very close friends mm-hmm. who, who have had kids and who have uh, been through similar journeys. Um, I'm interested in it and I, and, I, and I know about it, but like, I, I also feel like more than anything else, my opinion on this can be dismissed and, and rightfully so. I'm not saying that that's, that's wrong or bad. So I didn't read your full review on Goodreads about mm-hmm. this because I don't want to, sure. I don't want to preemptively, but I, you started by saying that like the first time you read this, the, like the metaphor took a while to sink in. Do you remember? Yeah, I think tra- traditionally the metaphor of the werewolf metaphor, mm-hmm. which is kind of what this what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the metaphor is doing a lot of different. Yeah, yes, yeah, uh, right. And and we can discuss whether it's a literal or whether it's a metaphor. Um, purely a metaphor uh, and has no literal connotation in the book. But traditionally, a werewolf metaphor is about you know it's it's about changing bodies mm-hmm. and it's about the the uh, the way that our our hormones and our feral instincts can take over for us usually in in things like sexual situations sure. or sometimes it might make us incredibly good at basketball, team wolf, uh, or <laughs> capable to ride on top of a van with great. It's a team wolf too. No, it's also team wolf. Oh, okay. Um, T O O. I never saw team wolf too. T O O, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Justin Bateman. Oh. He's the teen wolf in that one. Jason Bateman? Because his sister's Justine. J- Jason Bateman, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Patrick okay. Bateman. <laughs> um, and, and and so in this one it's it's uh, you know, taking that metaphor and putting it in a different place. Normally uh, uh, this stuff is not about motherhood, because I think mothers I think I think they're 
as far as pop culture is concerned, they're catching up. Like there's a lot of content about mothers and motherhood that's out there now. And in the last handful of years is about specifically this idea of invisible labor and Mm -hmm. emotional Mm -hmm. labor and uh, the ways that uh, their agency is removed and their identity is stolen by Mm -hmm. it. But, but like for a long time that didn't exist. It was a story that was not told. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, because, because of all those things that we talked about, right. The, the uh, like their relegation to those things often meant that their voices weren't heard in artistic spaces. So you don't have this metaphor, but now you do. Right. And, and now you do more and more, I think. Why don't you tell us what the book's about first? Because we went into a bunch of stuff before doing that. And this way also, normally you ask me that, and now I've jumped on it and you're doing the summarizing. I was just about to ask you what this book is I about. Could, I could see it in your, in your eyes. So this book is about uh, an unnamed narrator. Mm-hmm. Either called the mother, or later in the book called Night Bitch. Which let's, I mean, let's break before we get into what it's about. Let's break that down right there. She like the very basic identification that we all have in our lives. Our, our the names, Exter just emailed in, so good job, Exter. Uh, our own personal names. Um, her she she doesn't have one, yep. and, and it's and it's been replaced by either the mother, right, mm-hmm. which is a uh, archetype, archetype occupation, sure. Um, identity, certainly an identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, if you any ask anyone who is a mother, like who they are, mother usually factors into that identity in some way. Sure. Um, but it, it de-individuates that person and it's, and it, it, uh, relegates them to this space where they are, um, both this other person that they've created and, and their labor around that person, but it takes away from who they are individually. And then there's this other thing, uh, Night bitch, which is obviously like a dual connotation, right? There is mm-hmm. there is this idea that number one, a different person comes out at night in, the, in that in that werewolf sense, but there's the dual meaning of the word bitch, right? Which is a female dog, but also uh, a pejorative for various different types of women that you know whether they be assertive or whether they be mean or whether they be um, just a r- regular woman who we assign that title to because we're bullying them for some reason so the her her not having a name in the text is i think relevant for for multiple reasons bitch just had a ring to it that condemning inescapable ring a ring that fucker or asshole could never fully conjure for a man bitch was flat and sharp and final she thought of a bored small town bureaucrat in a shabby little office with an orange carpet and flickering fluorescent bulbs stamping official yet pointless documents with clicking metal thuds bitch 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 Thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah, there is a, there's a sense in which the word has been um, reclaimed in a, in a positive way, even even when people use it as a negative, like people use it as a negative to like uh, refer to their bosses or someone who can tell them what to do or whatever, because mm-hmm. they're not inhabiting typical female values. But then someone who is reclaiming that word can say like, no, those are actually typical female values, like you uh, being assertive and, and, and this, like we can claim those as, as our own values. Why not? What book did we read where they talked about binge? That's a that's a, the Patricia Lockwood book. Yeah, it was yeah. good. No mm-hmm. one's talking about this. Yes. Um. So the untitled narrator, unnamed narrator slash night bitch, uh, either literally or metaphorically turns into a dog every once in a while, and takes care of her son. She's like a stay at home and mom, and she's sort of coming to terms, grappling with what that means. Uh, 
after uh, having sacrificed her, a, a, a fledgling art career in art, yeah, to let her husband, who earned more money, continue his career and, you know, financially provide for the family. Her husband, who uh, seems to have a job where he's not home Monday through Friday. Yep. Which is interesting. Like a traveling salesman kind of guy, it yeah, seems yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also seems a little bit like the BoJack horse and Vincent Adult Man, just like he's off doing business. Did your sympathies ever ever lie with the father at all? No. Well, no. So I have a lot of... I think I talk to my female friends about parent parenting more than I talk to my male friends about parenting. Mm-hmm. And I hear like the sentiment that Night Bitch shares in this story, I think is very, very common about just like, he doesn't do anything. Like he doesn't do any of the parental work or whatever. And there's something that like, I messaged you that I I don't think that you, I, I can imagine you probably don't love the ending. Cause it's sort of, it ties up very neatly here, but there is also that sentiment that just like all she had to do, like she learns or quote unquote learns like by the end that like all she has to do is ask kind of, and like yeah, he's, he's right, able to yeah, help. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it just feels yeah. like, yeah, like I get that, but it's also like, it's, it's too right. neat of a bow, but also like that's the kind of thing where it's just like, I know that he's a good father. I know that he's a good husband. I know that he takes care of the kid or whatever, but like he doesn't, I just want him to do something. He doesn't do it like both in this book and in real life. And like, I, I, I hear that a lot. Yeah. I think the book, it's interesting by the end of the book, it like softens on him in a way that I'm, I'm like, ah, do we need to soften on him? It well, does seem like he's not to me. Like even if uh, like twice a week he does night nights or whatever, like I feel like, I don't have any sympathy for him. I, I, I don't think that he is. Well, I think what's what's interesting is that the, the question. The question I would have a harder time answering is not to ever have sympathy for him, which is no. But like, when do you like because I lose sympathy for her when she kills the cat? Like, it's the opposite right, yeah, of the, yeah. the save the cat yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where she like as a cat guy. Uh, from the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is probably not going to end well. With her. As, a, like, as a cat person by Kristen Rupanian. Sure. Is that a... Do you, you never read that story? Mm-mm. Interesting. Okay, keep going. Um, But like from the beginning, they're like, we got this old cat. She's sick. She shits on her hair. We have to clean her every day. We hate this cat. Like they're openly mocking this cat. And, and they're like, all like, I'm going to fucking kill you, cat. I'm like, I'm gonna, this is, you're the worst. I'm this gonna, is not going to end I'm well. going to crush your skull with a... You're going to put the tires of the car over your belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like at the end of like this, this book is basically like three long sections, like sort of three different kind of phases of her, like accepting maybe what she's becoming at the end of the second one, she murders the cat with the big kitchen knife. And I'm just like, okay, like that, that's a, that's a line. Like that's a, yeah. do you, are you still on her side? And like, e- e- broadly, yes, but also uh, like, I don't know, man, it's a function of modern fiction. Um, the, uh, like a lot of books that I've read, a lot of books in this mo- that I that I would put into a genre like this one, yeah, include the murder of a pet, and I'm not entirely sure why. And it's uh, uh, you say in a module like this. It, well, it, uh, death in her hand. She kills the dog. She stabs the dog in the stomach with a knife. Also, not like so, like a book that like is worthy of ex- like not not this particular module, yeah, but like a worth like books that I would group together. They're, they're like modern modern texts that are about you know reckoning uh, with the self. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and maybe maybe specifically reckoning with a uh, certain kind of femininity. And there are other there are other books that are included in here that like there are other books that I could mention that I, it would be a spoiler to talk about the pet dying. 
but like there, it seems to be like a a function of modern fiction that that like you can include the the murder of a pet as a way to. What would you say the murdering of the pet does in this text? Well, it I think it makes you question whether she. I think it's the kind of thing where like you're watching a horror movie, you're watching a thing, you're like rooting for the killer, and then you're like, oh wait, no, they're bad, or not that yeah. they're bad, but like mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't be just blindly on her side because she's the narrator. Yeah, or or. Um, all the things that are happening in her life makes her an incredibly complicated person with real problems that makes her hard to like sometimes. Um, and there are reasons for that. And she shouldn't be excused from the bad things that she's doing, but we should also recognize like how her life is changing and why she might be acting this way. Right. Like I get, we'll get there, I guess. But that's like, that's basically what it's about. Like she's, she's mothering, a two-year-old, I think, mm-hmm. um, and just trying to like get by day to day while figuring out how to lead a more sort of fulfilling life. However, you want to find yeah. it. I have um, my friend Heather uh, taught. Uh, she she read. Um, she only got to read up to the first fifty fifty or so pages, but she sent me a lot of a lot of notes here. Well, I will tell you that when I was reading this, like even, like maybe within that same window of time, I texted Montez, who has. Mm helped shape the the podcast in certain ways i'm like you gotta read this book yeah because i think because she's like into horror number one but Mm -hmm. also like as a mom as just like all of that it's just like this is like it's written not for you but like for you yeah um so heather heather sent me a text message that said i'm only 28 pages in but wow this part is quite on the nose and it's a quote from the book it says was it her fault that Though she longed for mental stimulation, she still found herself unable to concoct a single original thought or opinion. She did not actually care about anything anymore. Politics, art, philosophy, film, all boring. She craved gossip and reality TV. Did she say on the nose in a good way or in a bad way? I think in a good way. Um, it's it's the, the like that it's a very accurate depiction of a person who is going through uh, a motherhood that is all-encompassing and exhausting yeah yeah not like 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 um i don't want to say a difficult motherhood because again like this is like where you run into trouble with discussing a book like this because when you say i I think when you say difficult it feels a little bit like you're dismissing or saying like it's not good to have this no because i think this is kind of a i would imagine kind of a typical experience for like any right so so a part of part of like what i think this quote is doing is it talks about that sort of de-individuation the the idea that like your thoughts like go you, you get get flattened and you end up because you're so exhausted through the work that you're doing um and and like the work that you do with with children is so emotionally exhausting as well as intellectually exhausting because you are you have like you know, it has the whole wealth of emotion around it. It's like good emotions, bad emotions. You get angry, but mm-hmm. like that anger can't really find its place in your child because the right. But you, you and you feel like such overwhelming love that like I think that complicates you, everything so much that you sort of short circuit and and like when you when it's time for non baby time, you can't be like, well, let me pick up some Frederick Jameson or something like right. that. You have to just be like, yeah, look, like. Real world, real rules. The challenge is going to do well, it for me tonight. I think that's the same thing. Like, and I said, it's not the same. Like, I'm not a parent, and I'm not, you know, all different experiences. But like, I know that when I'm especially burnt out from work or from whatever, like, I don't mm-hmm. want to watch things that challenge me. Like, yeah. I want to just like watch Twitch and like zone out. Or you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it's the same kind of thing. Where it's just like, I can't just do nothing, even though doing nothing would be nice. I want to feel like I accomplished something, but yeah. like, 
I don't have the mental capacity to like read a thing and retain it or watch a thing and like think about it. I just want to be like entertained at my basis level. Yeah. I actually do wonder going back to what you were saying before about like if anybody should give a shit about what you or I think about this book, like I wonder if this is written for moms to be seen or I mean any kind of parent, but like specifically, you know, say for this case, like moms to be seen, like this is like my experience and like, thank you for like bringing it to light or for people who aren't moms, because like moms would be like, yeah, duh. Like obviously this is like yeah, how I yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for other people be like, oh, like through the metaphor of whatever, like I'm actually able to understand. I think, well, okay. So I think that it is probably mostly for moms to be seen just because I don't, I think it mostly appeals to moms. I don't, sure. I, I, I don't think that like, not, not to like, feel like this is a weird like patting myself on the back thing or something for like my broad taste or but like I don't I don't think that many people like that many dudes are going like night bitch book about motherhood and then her turning into into a werewolf I I think I think what uh, like a good thing about horror I think horror will helps get a lot more like queer stories have been told in horror for like decades Mm -hmm. in a way that like Mm quote-unquote couldn't be told el- like yeah, nightmare true. on elm street 2 is like a very game or, or the entire oeuvre of clive barker yeah and like it's it, whatever and i'm not just saying like you know queer stories but like motherhood stories like whatever like any kind of story that's like that might not necessarily appeal to uh anyone outside of that you mask it with a mm-hmm. werewolf or mm-hmm. you know whatever and people are like oh i want to see this and like even if they're not like consciously picking up on things they might like subconsciously so i think like the genre trappings like help well but at the same time like Here's, I guess, ultimately the question that I would ask is like, are there actual genre trappings of this book? I'm not sure that there that there are. There's another thing. Another thing that Heather said just really quickly is she said the turning a do- turning into a dog thing is a metaphor for the way you completely lose yourself and can't recognize this new person. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah, that's 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 true. But I don't think like this book does not have your American werewolf in London. There's a murder in the town, and now she's being investigated because she turn into a werewolf and kill the person right it's very much like as a reader you're like she didn't really turn into a dog that's not something that actually happened right did you feel that she actually turned into a dog at any no, point i mean there is definitely there's magical realism going on here i think mm, okay maybe yeah um because there's also so that she finds this book written by this woman wanda white wanda i white, think yeah. who has been like i went to this place and there's these women who become birds and they fly one time and as soon as they fly they fly away and that could mean any number of different things, right? But it's the kind of thing where it's like there is the possibility of the fantastical in this world. And whether it's literal or metaphorical, I think that maybe she did transform. I, I feel like I feel like the book, like when it first happens, is like more not explicit, but like it more like, no, she turned, bro. Like she's she's a werewolf. And then as it goes on, it's like, no, like this is like performance art kind of what part would you say is is like convinced you that she actually turned into a werewolf at any point? I just think it's so jarring and sudden where she's like i have a tail now or like i'm covered in hair it's like the Mm -hmm. things that are presented as objective facts because like by the end it seems like she's like naked running through parks and stuff it seems like it's like a woman doing that but when it first happens it feels like she is not explicitly just a woman she is some kind of hybrid or something yeah and there is this this uh section in which she sort of frees herself and is wild among a pack of other dogs running around at night maybe killing animals with her teeth and bringing them and dropping them off at the doorstep and she doesn't really remember what happened Mm -hmm. other than that when she 
wakes up, she feels really, really great. And you can choose to accept that as she turned into a dog, but I don't, the, the other, the other part that actually seems like she may have turned into a dog is when the dad comes home and there's a dog next to the baby. Yes. That's the only other part. That's the part where I'm like, all right. I, and, and I like that it walks that line where it's like, I, you don't really know what's going on there, but there are no scenes in this. Like a transformation scene. There's no transformation scene. There's no, there's no outside perspective to confirm yep. that any of this stuff is happening the way that in. This is all what third person omniscient. Is that what it is? Like it's it's from yeah, her very very close third person, right? Um, I wouldn't say it's omniscient because it's not like if it were omniscient, it would be saying, "Oh, she is a wolf. She's not a wolf." Yeah, yeah. it's it, this is like it's What's just, word it's that, just then? close third person. Close third it's, person. It, it's like third person, but it is third person from her perspective. You never get anything in this book that do, that she wouldn't know about, or that you don't know if it's. You know, there's no objective truth right. being offered to us. And I don't know that because like, that didn't bother me because I think the whole like metaphor yeah, of turning into a wolf or a dog or whatever, uh, it's just like she's able to be what she was before she had a kid, whether that means going out with her friends or just like a night off or whatever. I was just like, oh, she's actually able to like live the life she lived before. Mm. Like, I feel like this is some kind, some kind of like primal existence that like she's tapping into whatever. So like waking up, like I can imagine like waking up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's tapping into what she is before. I think it's tapping into like a, the the primal and feral version of like what motherhood is. This this idea of like motherhood is 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 can be animalistic, right? She's she's like cleaning her kid with her tongue, mm-hmm. right? She's uh, they're they're running around and biting each other and and not acting according to social rules, right? They're eating from their plates without using their hands and things like that. And it's like uh, sort of returning to instinct and and this like primordial connection between her and her son. Right. Um, so I don't think it's stuff that she, that it is accessible to her before I think, she had I think kid. I was seeing it like as more like maybe not when she's actually the dog, but like when she comes back and that relief she feels is like I was fr- maybe just free for a night or whatever, mm. right? Yeah, or yeah, just yeah. like I was, right. I was able to not have to go through the daily grind routine of whatever I've been doing Monday to Friday and even on the weekends, right? Like she has to take care of the kid until she's like, hey, can you do this? And he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple more things from Heather and, and I'm leaning on, on my conversations with Heather because Again, I'm not um I get it. Yeah, it's 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 not my experience. So so um she says, I think I've had a fairly quote unquote typical motherhood experience. So I probably tend to agree with what's being said here. I wonder if women who had the form of PPD where you That's don't postpartum depression. Yeah. Where you don't bond with the baby and don't feel those maternal instincts might feel quote unquote othered by this book. But for someone whose body was actually maimed in the birth process and who experienced PPD slash PPOCD, this feels very spot on. So Heather was, um, uh, she had a lot of complications with her birth and she had a C-section and, and then a lot of surgeries and stuff afterwards. Although I will say like at the end, I mean, it's not a part that she read, but mm-hmm. like at the end, the I think because there's like the, there's like these sort of differently written kind of interlude sections, like eight or 10 page interlude sections. And I don't remember if it was in one of those or if it was just toward the end of the book, but like there's a part where she says like she didn't recognize like, it took her years to recognize her kid. And I think that that's some that's kind of like an like it, it doesn't seem like she directly immediately bonded with the kid. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it took time. So like I think maybe that concern or yeah. that point would sort of evolve as it goes on because I do think mm-hmm. like it, I mean it comes late in the book and like you know people who yeah, do feel yeah. othered but like if there is something that just like 
I thought like I was going to give birth and be like, that's my baby. And she's like, I didn't see that for years. Yeah. There's also, there's also an interesting thing that we talked about, um, which is like, let's talk about the mommy groups now. Cause there's like, uh, Jen is her name. And then there are three other, two other Jens mm-hmm. or something, which I was thinking about a lot of a touch of Jen. And it's satirizing this idea of the mommy group, which is the mommy, uh, you know, mommy Facebook groups where like, again, motherhood identity sort of, uh, transforms into this group idea where people then like the most of their activities and and ideas and stuff are focused on on the child and the book seems kind of mean about that to me like it seems like it's satirizing that in a way that is well it feels like a high school movie like they're like the rich they're the cool girls like they're the cool clique yeah but not but she's making fun of them right so they're not that cool she's no but i think they are like i think that like if you think about like mean girls for instance Mm -hmm. right and like there's like regina george i don't remember what they call i should know i don't remember like regina george and her group and you have like pink ladies different movie but you have like lizzie kaplan who's like dunking on them like they're still like uh-huh. queen bees of the school and like to the outside right. world they're the ones but like you, they can still be made fun of they okay. can still be taken down okay so, so so but rachel yoder is satirizing this idea sure. of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of mom groups by making fun of them a little bit and another thing that that um that heather said to me was that she can't imagine because it seems like rachel yoder is she's writing so knowledgeably and so so like i actually don't know if rachel yoder has a kid or not i would be shocked to learn that she didn't have a kid um, but she's writing so knowledgeably about this experience of, of, of motherhood and, and like the exhausting personality flattening, uh, intellectually demanding, emotionally demanding experience of motherhood that to satirize a group of women who are like finding connections among each other and finding a way to, uh, engage and and because they're all as beaten down and and as all of those things as the narrator is that to then satirize them like does feel a little bit a little bit mean um but she kind of comes around on it i think when she like is accepted into the group right a little a little yeah i mean she doesn't really want to be part of the group I think she also comes around to it like when Jen becomes a human, like she gets to know her Mm -hmm. and like thinks she might be a dog, which is kind of a whole thing we should maybe talk about. But like when Jen is like going to unveil her deep, dark secret, she's like, oh, here we go. Yeah. There's another dog in town. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just massively in debt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's having a tough time. And which is like another thing. It's like she's she you you. um... Well, it's like the grass is the grass isn't always greener, right? Like it's you look like you're a mom who has it all together, who's able to run this clearly mid-level marketing scheme and like have all these friends and yeah. be of the success and then you like i mean part of the satire is about that too it's about it's about this idea that like new moms are especially susceptible to these mid-level marketing schemes for some reason because it's like well because they're marketed to exploit them specifically and 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 because they've had this idea of like non-child related labor removed from their lives and like labor is like a primal thing like you want to get here we go with done, the marxism right so like um they feel removed from that world and then they can like re-engage with that world through this thing that also allows them For to sure. be at home and and et cetera, et cetera. But then it is also exploitative in the way that capital is always exploitative. <laughs> I looked up so first of all, it's the plastics. I mean girls. I don't care about that. Rachel Yoder, like her wiki is almost empty. Like it doesn't say anything yeah. about like a personal mm-hmm. life. This is just like best book of the year. She grew up in Iowa. She went to she has like, you know, master she has like some kind of uh book on writing and then she has this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if she has kids or not. I don't. I, 
I, I would be shocked to find that she doesn't have a kid. Um, this would be a very strange book to want to write if you didn't have a kid. I can see you wanting to write. Like if you're like, if, if you're like, if you're surrounded by people who have kids, you might want to write it to tell, help tell their story. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you necessarily need to be a parent, but if you're surrounded by people mm. who are in a situation and you're like, I want to tell their story. It's just like, as like a journalist thing kind of thing. Right. But like, it's just, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. You might not, but I can, I can see, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It feels like a very strange, it would be a strange compulsion to me to, to want to write this book and to, to, to. Sure. What else? What well, else? What do you want to talk about the, her thinking that those women are dogs? So there's a part where it's like sort of halfway through where she like, there's these three dogs that show up at her house. And then she's like, oh, of course, all the women, all the moms are dogs. Yeah. And then the book is like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, maybe is it? And it's not. But like, we also don't know that she's actually a dog too, right? Right. I don't, I, I'm going to just put my card. She's not a dog. Never. This is, it's just a metaphor. So how do you explain that one scene where like he, the husband comes home and, like next to a kid with a what they describe as a giant dog next yeah, to him? Yeah, I mean, that's confusing. But I, I think she left the door open and she's been inviting dogs into the house and things like that because she's living an unsafe life. Do you think the game she plays with her son of like having him sleep in the kennel is fun or dangerous? I think it's weird. I don't think it's dangerous. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't feel... There's no, there's nothing that a mother, it's not, this, I'm not in a position to judge, like right. wh- whether or not. I'm not saying mo- as a mother, just like as a parent, you know what I, I don't, mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it seems strange to me. If I have someone I knew was doing that, I would be like, that's weird. But like, I wouldn't say that's weird in a way that's like, that person should be in prison. Right. I'd be like, that's weird. And not like, oh, how funny that that's the thing that gets your kid to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think at a certain point you're just like, whatever works, man. Kids love dogs. Mm-hmm. Kids love dogs. Kids love trains. Kids love dinosaurs. It's another book about a boy who loves. Yeah. I yes. was thinking like all the different connections to like, so there's a touch of Jen. There's a boy who loves trains. And then at the end, like in the final, like 12 seconds, she's like, there was a steak in a bell jar. And she's like, Ooh, this is the bell jar. Well, yeah, I think I, well, I mean, yes, I think, I think that the connection to the bell jar is there too. And that it's like. Oh, a trapped life, right? Yeah, you, you, you find, like, this these suffocating circumstances in which you are breathing in your own stench and can't survive. So this is going to become a movie starring Amy Adams, which I think is she's, like, she I think she's the right level of, like, genre actress willing to sort of go a little crazy, lean into a thing. She's too old. She is kind of old for this. She's 48. And how old did you pick? Like, she's probably 30, maybe? Between 25 and 35. But I, yeah, pro- 30 is probably a good age. But, like, if you if you think of the way that Hollywood does things, like, she could be playing 40. But it is weird to, like, because she had to give up her career. She's just out of college. Yeah, she's a couple years out of college. Because, like, if she, just in terms of the math, like, if she's 40, which is aging Amy Adams down already almost a decade, and she has a two-year-old, that means she still had, between the time she graduated, like, age 37 38 to like have a career yeah and that feels like enough time in a certain sense not in every sense to be like i gave the artist thing a shot it didn't work or it right. did work or whatever yeah but yeah it, she has to be younger it yeah it, it should it should be uh florence Pugh or someone like that i wonder i don't know i mean amy adams is great amy adams is a great actor amy adams should not be she should get roles i don't 
care that she it's great it's fine that she's in this movie it doesn't doesn't bother me but she is she's a little old for the part i think muriel heller is a good is a good director for this and i'm excited it's for mary holland as jen probably she's not I, she's I, not confirmed yeah as jen. I, I hate to to like associate a woman with her husband but i think mary heller is jorma tacone's wife her husband is jorma tacone yeah her sister is emily heller the, com- the comedy writer but she's best known. Have you seen Diary of a Teenage Girl? Can you ever forgive me? Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Like those are three. I've movies seen Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It was fun. Can you ever forgive me? As a Melissa McCarthy movie. I've heard that that's very good. And Diary of a Teenage Girl was really good. I think she tells sort of specifically. Mm-hmm. Don't mean this pejoratively. Like female stories. Also, you know, the Mister Rogers thing is a different thing. But like, I think she's a good choice for this. I think I agree that Amy Adams is maybe a little bit too old. Mary Holland's probably what like thirty five. I have no idea. All those comedy bang bang people. I'm like, you could be thirty. Yeah. You could be fifty. I have no idea. But I think this is a pretty. I can see why people would want to adapt this because it feels. I see. I don't. You don't I, like. I kind of don't get it because so much, so much of this book is internal. Like the visual aspects of it are great. You have the you have your traditional visual aspects that have to do with, uh, yeah, you know the 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 body horror stuff, and not only that, but you have specifically like. You had you you can allow actors to do the 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 animal exercise that actors love doing, you know, like where they like move and pretend like they're an animal. Mm-hmm. That's like a big thing, and and not method acting, but like a certain kind of. Wait, why did we cover the movies Wolf and Lamb? What did we read? I don't remember. So I looked up on IMDb. The genres in order are comedy, fantasy, horror. I think yeah, comedies you- insane. That's such a weird thing to. I think if you lean into the horror, I think it can you can make it more external in a way. Yeah, and and then you, oh, Giles go boy, and then you, and then you move a little bit toward eliminating this idea that it's a metaphor. I mean, you can still say it's a metaphor, like, but then we have the visual thing, and people are less likely to 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 assume that um, because they'll. Once there's actual physical change taking place on screen, it's harder to associate it with, oh, that's not actually happening. That's in her head. But I think even in that case, if it's not explicitly metaphor, if it is actually like she's transforming, it's still getting the same message across, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Like you're still, you're not like, you're, you're, you're not undermining the story you're telling, the point you're making by being like, it's because like whether you read this book as is literal or metaphorical, like the result is the same, right? You're still yeah. sympathizing with the plight of this woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I still think I I don't know. Just so much of it is is internal, and she's telling us rather than that than showing us like what the problems are with her life and with her marriage and with her. I mean, you know, I'll I I'll love to see it. Um, I would guess, knowing nothing about this and having not thought about this before, right now, there will be a much higher percentage of Amy Adams as Wolf in the movie. Then the character is in the book. It'll be like the the movie Wolf, the Jack Nicholson movie, where it's like I haven't seen it. Okay, so it's a it's a Mike Nichols movie where he's a werewolf, but he's a werewolf that like he's like kind of like a uh like a weak willed guy that's getting walked over at his job by everybody, and he's he's like losing all of his professional uh, gravitas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then he becomes a wolf. And he like starts acting more feral and is more like assertive at work and he becomes more powerful. And then James Spader also becomes a wolf and then they 
get into a kind of love triangle with this woman. I forget what actress plays the woman. Everything about that movie, like the publishing drama is so much more interesting than the werewolf stuff in it that it's insane. It's like, it's so frustrating watching that movie and being like, why don't you just make a drama within the publishing industry? Why like, right. well, why do you have to have a wolf in here? Because um, probably the wolf is what sold the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like, it's a, oh, a werewolf. But in the, uh, anyway, so uh, I don't know. Um, the other thing that bothered me a little bit, and I'm not, I'm not sure how to feel about it, because it is, it, it does further the metaphor by, by, by going back to like the feral instincts of, of humans and and the their you know relation to, to sort of the primordial hunt um but when she gets together to have her like comeback art show mm-hmm. and it's like praised and hated and all this thing like it involves it wildly popular it involves her like killing bunnies yeah like on a nightly basis with her like snapping the bunny's neck with her teeth although there does seem to be and maybe i just misread it but it seems like there's again a kind of a magical realism that they're like apparating the bunnies okay he, but why well, uh, yeah but i need more for, than that but I, I also think spoilers for the prestige but like they're like oh we're killing birds but like they're just like duplicating birds like it's not that but it's like there's like a story convention of like Guys, the birds are fine. I don't think the birds are fine because I think this book also establishes lots of animal killing in it throughout, sure. right? Including the the knife death of a cat. So I, I think that she's accepted the violence against animals as part of her. She is in the narrator. She is in Rachel Yoder. She she is in uh, the mother. Okay, not the narrator. Yeah, the mother. And I felt really, I felt kind of yeah. So that stuff, like the violence of it, I felt a little bit like. And also, like, the, the idea of, like, you can use art to reclaim yourself is kind of hokey. I knew you were going to like the end. Yeah. Because I think it's, like, I think if she ends up, because she seems like, and she ends up fulfilled and successful, and, like, she and her son are in a two-person art exhibit. Right, the metaphor, it, it's kind of like, you can have it all. Right. Right, and it's, and like, it's like, that's a little too easy for me. Right. And also, not only that, not that you can't have it all, because like mothers do. But it. it wraps up very quickly. Yeah, because it like, not, I don't mean this as a criticism, but like, m- so much of the book is very slow with no progress, and then it feels like in the final like forty pages, she's like, "I'm gonna get my husband to start doing work. We're gonna get this woman that I don't particularly like out of debt, and gonna get all of our other friends out of debt, and I'm gonna be a successful artist, and me mm-hmm. and my son are gonna do stuff together." Just like, yeah. And maybe it does happen like that. And it also people. like it also like lifts the other mothers out of their own personal funk. None of us need herbs. There's like all the, yeah, there's this like wi- wildly positive magical thinking that comes. It was funny to me uh where she's like we're all just selling herbs to each other. Like none of, nobody yeah, wants yeah. these things. Yeah. Did you bring something else you wanted to say? It's from No, I I'll I'll end like my last thought. I'll I'll let I'll let Heather have the last thought here, which is... And we have eggs email, too. She says, um, here's a thought about this book, which I am only 50 pages into. The narrator is talking about modern motherhood being an anti-feminist conspiracy, et cetera, et cetera. And it's capturing this feeling of ambivalence that I don't really know how to describe. Like, you obviously love your children so much, love being their mom, chose and planned to be a mom, but still you feel like an empty husk and the lack of freedom and personal individual identity is always at the front of your mind. And I say this even as a mom with a job outside the home, like Heather's a wildly successful educator. Um, and, and 
you know, that that personal identification with what with what Rachel Yoder is saying, um, that it's this uh, motherhood functions as this kind of paradox mm-hmm. where it's like you enter into it willingly and you love your child, mm-hmm. but it also kind of kills it, you a little it, bit every it, day. It ice cream scoops this piece out of you yeah. that, that is like very hard to reconcile with the stuff that you love. Mm-hmm. We have an email address, lottery at cageclub.me and our friend Egg wrote in. Egg Newly married. Congratulations to the Egg. Meg's reaction to Night Bitch. If you want to write in about this or any book, just lottery at cageclub.me. This will probably be one of the shortest emails I've ever written. I think it's, it's actually decently. Because, which is a shame because I've really loved this novel. It felt very special to me. And if this novel came out at a different point in the year, I could have written a couple of pages, but I simply cannot give up my streak of sending an email for every episode. <laughs> it felt almost like an Emily Dickinson poem in that it said a lot about identity and even used identity as an explicit name to identify the different characters. I also like that it touched upon the generational trauma that women face. Even though I'm not a mother, there were a bunch of times where I felt, quote, seen by this novel. In particular, there's this quote, she had always prided herself on not being a hysterical woman, but rather a smart woman with good points who sometimes got a little upset, but was mostly cool to hang out with. Of course, she knew that the concept of the hysterical woman was itself a sexist creation, and she rejected the label altogether, but she also made sure no one would ever associate her with such a label to begin with. Tulsa may have mentioned this already, but I got married two days ago. Congratulations. We've already said it. I'm not saying it again. (laughs) The entire time while I was wedding planning, I was so concerned about being seen as a bridezilla. I'm a pretty chill person overall, and I probably would have been fine regardless, but it made making some decisions really hard because I didn't want to inconvenience anyone. And I also logically know that the concept of being a, quote, bridezilla is sexist because it's a way to punish women for having specific wants. All in all, a wonderful novel and one I hope a lot more people read. Yeah. Good email. I, I mean, I yeah, I, I that is the kind of personal connection that you ask for with a novel like this, right? Mm-hmm. That that it's accessible to people in a broader sense than just than just motherhood. And mm-hmm. it obviously connects to femininity in a way that is vital. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want from really, really good art. So again, I'm happy to have uh, both Heather and Meg speak in 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 my in, I'll let them determine how many stars or whatever you can give this novel because they they have much more valuable opinions on it than I can. It sounds I, like from Egg than I could ever possibly have. Based on that, it sounds like maybe a five star novel for Egg. I also want to you know, like you said, shout her out for like in the little <laughs> days yeah, leading yeah, up yeah. to her wedding, instead of doing her bridezilla behaviors, <laughs> she was reading this novel because she. Did, because she didn't want to let us down. <laughs> she's she's propping up that uh, that stereotype. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, congratulations, Meg. You did it. Yep. Anything else to say about this book? Um, I don't see who else is in the cast. I think I'm okay with this book. I, I before before the end of uh, of the podcast, I would also like to say though that. Today's crime is taking over the top floor of a hotel and doing all the crimes that take place in the movie Die Hard. Am I allowed to talk about it anymore, or, or is, yeah, is that the end of the episode? Well, you certainly can't say that thing that you say that annoys me. Mm-hmm. See if there's anything of note in here. Nah.
of the sea. Back to the block, Snoop Doggy Dog, Monkey at the 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 dot. Went solo on that ass, but it's still the same. Long Beach is the spot where I serve my cane. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, but don't lose your grip. Nine trizzes, they just there for me to fuck up shit. So I ain't holding nuts back, and motherfucker, I got five on the twenty sack. It's like that, and as a matter of fact, cause I never hesitate to put a nigga on his back. Yeah, so keep out the manuscript. You see that it's a must be dropped. What's my motherfucking name? 